Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. It's time for the latest on the Brewers, Bucks, and Packers. With the Fan Afternoon Show on 1250 AM, The Fan. Welcome back. It's the Fan Afternoon Show, 1250 AM. Tim Allen filling in for, well, Toby and filling in for Kevin Holden and filling in for Stephanie Sutton and filling in for Scott Grodsky. And am I missing anybody? filling in for Sam Schmitz. Oh, yeah. Right there. You got the whole group. I got everybody? Yeah. Okay. That's good. All right. My number came up. Good. That's a good thing. Great Midwest Bank hotline is where we find Dennis Krause of Spectrum Sports. Dennis, it's been a, it's been a few weeks since we had a chat. Anytime I can come on with the great Tim Allen, it's one of the highlights of my career. <laughs> Okay. All right. Let me ask you this here. Are you as nervous being on the radio show with me at the helm as I am being on your TV show with you on the helm? Because I got to admit, uh, people, they say, ah, Tim, you do fine. That's, that's fine. I'm a nervous wreck internally on your show. Uh, I'm not a nervous wreck uh, right now because I have complete confidence that you will steer us in the right direction. Okay. Well, that being said, it's the 2022 championship season. And it, now, it, it, it might be misguided confidence, but I have complete confidence. Okay. All right. Gotcha. That being said, just coming out of the uh, series uh, against the uh, Cardinals, and what did you take away with that? I'll just tell you this, Dennis, that they played a clean brand of baseball. Yeah, there were bumps late in the game in, in that bullpen, and that may be derivatives uh, of a Josh Hader deal, uh, but... I mean, they played a fairly clean game of baseball throughout the series, and, and they easily could have won that series. That's my thought. Yours? Yeah, I think you have two very even teams. I don't think anything was decided yesterday as dramatic as the Pujols home run was. Uh, there's still baseball to be played before the end of the regular season. Uh, I do think that it's, it's quite possible that only the winner of the division makes the playoffs. I mean, the, the way it's shaping up. So it's going to be very interesting down the stretch, as you know. Four games against each other, two in Milwaukee, two in St. Louis. So nothing was decided yesterday, as disheartening as that might have been, because it was a game that it looked like maybe the Brewers would win, um, and nothing has been decided. Dennis, do you get do you get the sentiment that you know maybe David Stearns, uh, just the, the under undertone could have been that 
that hater move was just uh, a telling of what he thought his team was down the stretch? Or is it that, you know, he made that trade based on assuming he'd make some other trades and he got the door slammed in front of him? Well, that's a fascinating question. Uh, First of all, I think he made the trade because he felt it was in the best long-term interest of the Brewers. Now, are they a better team this season with this trade? I think you'd be hard-pressed to make that case. Um, and Taylor Rogers obviously giving up the home runs that he gave up yesterday is, is going to be a hot-button issue right now. But to go back to your question, which was what was he thinking at the time, was it his tell that he didn't think they were a World Series team with Josh Hader, so let's get something for him while you can't. I don't know. Um, I just think that the package that was presented to him, he felt, was in the best long-term interest of the Brewers. And I don't want to blow smoke at you. It's clear. It doesn't matter what you and I think, Tim. It matters what the clubhouse thinks. And it's clear that that had ramifications in the clubhouse. Are you getting, uh, you know, some some – response here in in your world that this is a a heightened sort of energetic and and you know exciting pennant race here or are we just as brewer fans now this is a good habit to have is having year in year out relevant baseball in august and september but is it losing a little luster at least this year as because I, i think i'm more excited than a lot of other fans are I think if people are jaded, then they're the ones in the wrong because they have a chance, the Brewers do, to make the playoffs for a fifth straight year, which they've never done in franchise history. And for someone as old enough as me, being in playoff contention never should get old and never should be taken for granted. And, you know, I the one thing I will say, Tim, is that I notice is that after a game like Sunday, which is emotional and it doesn't go your way. I get all that. But it's, it's only mid-August. It's not like this was the last Sunday of the regular season. Now, I think it's going to be very telling how they do in these seven games against the Dodgers over the next couple of weeks because the Dodgers have been such a, such a juggernaut. And I just have this feeling, and I don't know how you feel about it, I think the Brewers are going to play them very tough. And I, I don't know what the final record is going to be out of those seven games. But, you know, unless they go 1-6 or 0-7, again, I don't think it's going to ultimately decide who wins the Central Division. No, and the Cardinals, uh, they have a little bit of a softer schedule, but they haven't been. You're right. I mean, the Cardinals and Brewers are neck and neck. I mean, we can't, we can't look at this Cardinal organization uh, this year as, oh, wow, the high and mighty Cardinals. They're, they're right there with the crew. It's a game-and-a-half difference. There's 40, what, 49 games to play. Dennis, switching gears, um, my my girlfriend is a good barometer. I mentioned this last hour about preseason Packer football, and it's, she's the biggest Packer fan I know, and she's like, I'm like, you're gonna, what are you going to do for your Packer game? Notice I said your Packer game. Um, <laughs> and she's like, what? Well, I don't watch preseason, Tim. You know that. I think it's important – you see Mahomes running around playing football. I think it is important to, to NFL teams. What are the storylines? I would think offensive line is one and wide receiver position, position would be another. But what are the storylines you're looking at in Green Bay Packers preseason football? 
Well, first of all, I think your girlfriend is onto something in the sense that preseason results, as far as wins and losses, are meaningless. And if you're if you're betting on those games, you really have an illness because <laughs> preseason football is about as random as it gets. The Packers, I believe, thirty three players that usually play didn't even suit up on Friday night in Santa Clara. So I'm not going to go off on some big, deep conclusions about, oh, the offensive line is just fine whether they have Bakhtiari or Jenkins or not because the line did well on Friday night. Well, the 49ers rested players too, okay? So I don't think that you can determine a whole lot. You mentioned the wide receiver position. And, uh, yeah, I'm interested this preseason in how the wide receivers shake out because Devontae Adams not only was a great player, but he had such deep trust from Aaron Rodgers that Rodgers threw it to him an incredible amount of times. So that's going to have to be distributed differently this season. And is the offense going to be more of a a running offense? Are the Packers actually going to rely on their defense to win them games? Uh, Basaccia now is the special teams coach. How much of an impact does he make? These are all legitimate questions. I just don't know if you're really going to get any firm answers against the Saints or against the Chiefs in the preseason. And so then it goes to the regular season opener at Minnesota on September 11th, and certainly you want that opener to go better than last year did against the Saints in Jacksonville. Dennis, does it make sense then on on the distribution uh, of the air attack that that would be limited by the running game? To me, it makes sense. a little. It, and, and if it... You know, if Aaron's going to, you know, throw the ball 35 times a game, it's got to go to someone. But if you minimize that down to an average, I don't know, to throw the ball 21 times a game and and four or five or six are out of the backfield, I think that's a way you can get by until there's a better rhythm with clearly across the board maybe the least amount of talent that Aaron Rodgers has ever had at the wide receiver position. Well, I'm not ready to say that yet because I want to see how these young guys develop. And I'm skeptical about your 21 passes a game theory because you are paying the guy over $50 million a year, and you're not paying him to just hand it off, okay? So he's still going to be Aaron Rodgers. Now, I I do agree with you that Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon, for example, as screen passes out of the backfield can be very much a part of your passing game. And with Robert Tunyon coming off the pup list yesterday, well, it doesn't guarantee that he's going to be active in game one. It's a pretty good indication they think he's going to be ready sometime in September. That's a very encouraging sign because he's another security blanket for Rodgers. And with Adams gone, he's going to need a guy like Robert Tunyon to pick up some of that slack. And quite honestly, Tunyon does things at that tight end position that nobody else on the Packers roster at that position can offer. So he's a big shot in the arm for the offense when he comes back. I just, you know, I don't think you're going to see Bob Greasy with the 72 Dolphins passing nine times in a game. I mean, he's still Aaron Rodgers. He's the two-time reigning MVP. So I still think he's going to be throwing it more than running it. Yeah, and if if the numbers are down a little bit, I would think that'd be early in the year to get these guys some chemistry and, and kind of read each other. It, it's uh, it's really a fascinating uh, Green Bay Packers offense right now from that regard. I, 
You know, it's, it's still, I still have to pinch myself and say, wow, Devontae Adams, this go-to just absolute stud. You could do it blindfolded between the two of them and just read each other so well. And I don't know where that part of it – well, that part of it's gone, and that's going to have to be developed, and it takes years to develop that. Going to be certainly interesting. And uh, finally, is there a chance of this happening, or do you just rule it out that Aaron Rodgers is maybe a little on the crabby side because of you know missed assignments or running the wrong route or – Will there be a, a little growing pain kind of action early on? <laughs> uh, there will be some growing pains, but I think he knows that there will be. And if he's crabby in your term, I think it's to just motivate the young players who are making those mistakes that, hey, the stakes are higher you know, than on a practice field on a Wednesday afternoon. you got to get this right. So I don't have a problem with him you know, when he takes a young receiver aside and says, hey, you got to do it this way. Um, particularly in training camp, I've seen him be very demonstrative with, you know, Christian Watson before he was healthy enough to practice. And I viewed that as, as a very good thing because he's trying to involve him even when he couldn't physically practice because of injury. Uh, leadership looks a lot different, you know, with each person. And some lead by, you know, just – excellence some lead by chewing out guys there's different ways to do it uh i don't necessarily like every single thing that aaron Rodgers does and i'm not going to rubber stamp it but i think his heart is in the right place 95 percent of the time final thing for you we've covered the brewers got the uh the pack in there and now just flying under the radar here, we're all into Brewers baseball and a pennant race and the 22 championship season. And then we have, you know, the trade deadline. And then we have uh, OTAs, mini camp, and now training camp. And just a couple of weeks away from the, uh, the opener here of, of uh, the Packer championship season. Then you have the Milwaukee Bucks. I don't even know the latest news and note that I've read on the Milwaukee Bucks. What's going on for the Bucks here, Dennis? Well, what I saw was uh, the Athletic reported that they're going to play Christmas Day at Boston, which would be a rematch of the playoff series that was won by the Celtics mm -hmm. and also a rematch of last Christmas when the game was held in Milwaukee. So that makes sense uh, that that's going to happen on Christmas Day. And, Training camp will open in uh, late September, and they'll start playing preseason games in early October. Then you have fantasy football, too. That keeps your hands full. Dennis, are you a fantasy football player? I am not a fantasy football player. I played one year many years ago, and I didn't play that well. And what I found was this, Tim. I found that I have enough going in my real life that I don't need a fantasy <laughs> football team to drain my funds away. I, I have enough real things that take my money i don't need a fantasy so you you don't want to join our league and be a donor not if you're involved tim okay perfect good answer <laughs> it's a good answer all right dennis always a pleasure man we we appreciate the time and it's always always nice talking with you all right tim take care all right there he is dennis krause spectrum sports long time broadcaster in the milwaukee market and he joined us here on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline. If applying for a home renovation loan has you feeling anxious, breathe. And let Great Midwest Bank help you experience a state of tranquility. Get started at greatmidwestbank.com today. All right, we do have some fantasy football conversation to uh, 
to get to you and some information that you might need. You got drafts coming up. Has your draft been scheduled yet? Well, you're going to need some pertinent information. We'll have that for you next. Is that right, Sam? Oh, yeah. Until we get to Ian Hart, it's at 430, who will be bouncing questions off of for our, you know both of our drafts, Tim. <laughs> <laughs> and we we don't we don't need to break right now, right? No, let's do a break here, and then we'll come back with the fantasy football break. transactions. Okay, we'll get get you some major transactions. Well, sometimes not so major uh, as, as it were, but uh, just to get you in tune for your fantasy drafts, we'll do that next. It's uh, twelve fifty a.m. The Fan Afternoon Show. Yeah, welcome back. It's the Fan Afternoon Show. It's uh, Sam Schmitz, Tim Allen, right here in the Lakeland University Studios. Offering co-op credit for your work experience. Learn your way at Lakeland.edu. Also, this portion of the Afternoon Show brought to you by Biontech Advisor. Charging a cell phone can be like getting a booster shot. A booster shot is given to enhance or restore protection after a primary series vaccination which wanes over time. Schedule an appointment when you are eligible. All right, so you've got fantasy football drafts coming up. Are you an in-person draft kind of guy? Are you uh, online and just or just hit the uh, auto draft and just go from there? I got to admit, I hit the pay window last year. Uh, well, in a lot of leagues, but I hit the pay window in the station league, Sam. And because of scheduling conflicts, I had to do the auto draft. Oh, no. I did. I did. It's I, almost well, like uh, if you had one guy here at the station that could have helped you out, you know, that isn't a part of that league still to this day. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, maybe I'll I'll entertain the idea of the Tim Allen Sam Schmitz uh, uh, yeah. dynasty. Rami and uh, I we co-drafted we co-drafted a team. Uh, what was it last year? Or the year before, and we ended up doing about middle of the pack, but we had like the twelfth pick, so it didn't really help. Okay. Right. Right. Yeah. So. Um, you know, you've got the drafts coming up. I, I've got a couple of live drafts. I'm not – I, I think the older I get, the more I'm just kind of laying back on the live stuff. It's just the same old jokes every damn year. It's like, guys, enough. Let's go. And it's they drag it out, and it's it's one of those. But I will say there's one I enjoy. It's uh, the longtime draft I've been in since 1988, and we're all grown old together, and – I mean, it was funny seeing, you know, now the kids, some of the kids are, are in actually in the league. Um, but, yeah, so you've got your drafts coming up. Let's get you up to speed on just – I'm not going to be able to get to all of these moves, but uh, I've been keeping notes uh, throughout the offseason, and these are really random. I mean totally random all over the board, just scr- scratching and scrolling down notes, and I didn't compile them in any concise way, and – uh, let's just dig in, Sam. Russell Wilson. That's weird to see Russell Wilson not in a Seattle Seahawks uniform. He goes from the Seahawks to the Denver Broncos. And, you know, a lot of people are saying, you know, the Broncos offense is, is going to be legit now. Now, they're in a tough, tough division. I mean, you gotta, you got to play with some of, the, some of the big guys in the AFC over there. But uh, we'll see how he does. You never know. I think he's a, a viable Fantasy football quarterback, that's for sure. Speaking of which, Carson Wentz to the Commanders. This is interesting because I'm going to guess, Sam, that this might be Carson Wentz's last true opportunity to be a franchise quarterback. Oh, for sure. I mean, look, at the end of the day, though, for fantasy football-wise, I mean, 
this says it's Carson Wentz, but this may be a good thing for Terry McLaurin because you think about the quarterbacks that McLaurin has played with all throughout his NFL career so far. Unfortunately, Wentz might be the best one. So he he might, and and I thought uh, Heineke had a little bit of a run there. It was a small sample size, but I, I thought that wouldn't have been such a horrible thing. I like him as a gamer, but you got to give Carson Wentz a try. They got a nice tight end. You got you've got McLaurin. You got a decent running game. And that offense don't sleep on that. Another quarterback move, uh, Trubisky goes to the Pittsburgh Steelers. That being said, Big Ben no longer on your draft board. Those of you, we're just catching you up to speed here. Amari Cooper traded from the Cowboys to the Cleveland Browns. Interesting trade. Amari Cooper in the last five years has been a top 10 wide receiver in fantasy. And that's just sort of interesting. I, I do have some issues with Amari Cooper uh, in the second half of games and then early on in a game. The uh, trick with uh, Amari Cooper is to get him involved early, and you're going to see what you've got the rest of the day. But uh, Browns have a shot to put up some fantasy numbers for sure. Chase Edmonds, the running back uh, from Arizona, goes to the Miami Dolphins, and that will be a reoccurring theme on this list as the Dolphins are just collecting running backs. Sam, first hour of the show, you mentioned um, it, it doesn't apply to fantasy football, but I've got it on the list here, the uh, L.A. Chargers, uh, with uh, their acquiring for, uh, on defense Khalil Mack. And J.C. Jackson and, from the and, Patriots. And J.C. Jackson, yeah. And, and I think that is a huge upgrade for that defense. Look out for the Chargers, man. I... I think they're on to something here. I, I really do, both offensively and uh, defensively. Calvin Ridley, be careful, guys. If you're in a league that uh, is going to permit you to take a player that's not going to play, he's been suspended for the year uh, for gambling, which I think is dumb. Um, that, that's another conversation. Let's see. Uh, Christian Kirk, the wide receiver from the uh, Arizona Cardinals, goes to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Evan Ingram goes to the Jacksonville Jaguars as well. Zay Jones goes from the Raiders to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, Russell Gage goes from the Falcons to the Buccaneers. It's sort of interesting. I think he'll be sort of that waiver wire guy at some point when he gets hot. Until Chris Godwin comes back too. Yeah, and no, but I think Gage, I think he'll yeah. pu- he'll put up some numbers depending on the size of your league and depending on bye weeks and injuries. He oh, might sure. be an option for you. Sneaky PPR guy, for sure. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. Uh, CJ Uzoma goes from the Bengals to the New York Jets. And by the way, the Jets took a little bit of a hit in the preseason. I say I want my players to play in the preseason. Uh, he got hurt. Uh, but the news was better than uh, they thought. It's not an ACL. He did have surgery. Uh, so it looks like he's out like a few weeks. Uh, we'll see about that. But DJ Chark goes from Jacksonville to Detroit. That, that's an interesting move. I was reading up on the Lions yesterday, and they were saying that still in the preseason, it just doesn't look like it's a very energetic passing game. But uh, we'll see. Uh, Tyron Taylor goes from the Texans to the New York Giants. O.J. Howard goes from the Buccaneers to the Buffalo Bills. Allen Robinson goes from the Chicago Bears to the world champion L.A. Rams. Finally got a quarterback for Uh, Allen Robinson. (laughs) Finally, yeah, that's true. 
That that is true. Although who was throwing to him down in down in Jacksonville when he had his nice run down there? Uh, Bortles, Chad Henney. There was one other guy too. There was one other yeah. that was okay. But uh, yeah, you're right. I think uh, Robert Woods leaving the Rams, and you pick up Allen Robinson. Uh, I don't know if you miss that big of a beat. EQ goes from the Green Bay Packers to the Chicago Bears. Cedric Wilson goes from the Cowboys. The wide receiver goes to the Miami Dolphins. Austin Hooper goes from the Cleveland Browns to the Tennessee Titans. I think that might be a guy you may want to target a little bit. If he can stay healthy, Tennessee and and Tannehill has loved their tight ends, man. Uh, I was surprised they got rid of Janu Smith last year. Obviously, Deshaun Watson goes from the Texans to the Cleveland Browns to the suspension list in some degree. Juju Smith-Schuster from the Steelers. He is now a Kansas City Chief. Damian Williams goes from the Bears to the Falcons. And, you know, you, you talk about running backs just flying all over the place. It just continues. Sometimes they're head scratchers. Like, why, why did they do that? Why would they do that? Well, they do. Amir Abdullah goes from the Panthers to the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, Brandon Bolden goes from the Patriots to the LA uh, to Las Vegas Raiders. A couple more here. Jacoby Brissett goes from the Dolphins to the Browns. Uh, Case Keenum, for what it's worth, Browns to the Bills. As I told you, these are all over the place. Robert Woods goes from the Rams to the Tennessee Titans. Tannehill has a passing game, guys. He does, because A.J. Brown is now not a Titan. He is now a Philadelphia Eagle. Many more to get to and more fantasy football conversation coming up from Pro Football Focus. Ian Harditz, he joins us next right here, 1250 a.m. The Fan. It's the Fan Afternoon Show. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Yeah, welcome back. It is the Fan Afternoon Show each and every day, Monday through Friday, 3 to 6 on 1250 AM The Fan. We have a musical host. I'm filling in for a group of five hosts that have been handling this uh, for quite some time now, and I don't even know who's in tomorrow. Do you know, Sam? Tomorrow will be Kevin Holden, once again, of okay. CBS 58. 
All right. My name is Tim Allen. There's Sam Schmitz, and we hit the great Midwest Bank hotline and continued our conversation about fantasy football. Ian Harditz, pro football focus, fantasy football, his area of expertise. Ian, it is uh, just about that year. I'm getting a little excited about this this year. A lot of movement with some skilled position players. Skill position players, obviously those big wide receiver trades dominating, you know, March and April, and just the quarterbacks, too. And even, you know, for some of these teams, like Carson Wentz going to Washington and Baker Mayfield going to Carolina, I get it. And we're, not, we're not pretending these guys are top 15 quarterbacks or anything like that, but still, in my opinion, objectively, you know, upgrades over what they were dealing with last season. So it, it's looking more and more like, you know, NBA offseasons every year. Certainly makes for uh, some fun fun times and you know really don't never really quite have a dead day in this league yeah i always each and every year at about this time having done the uh, fantasy football show sunday mornings here on the fan 10 to noon for i think i'll be headed into my 16th year of of doing that show and i always warn people right around mid-august pay your fee (laughs) okay (laughs) so we don't have to worry about it when it comes time because Guys like uh, you that are really into it, you hit the pay window much more than you don't, and and you want to be paid. I mean, we say we do it for fun. Let's face it. Come on, guys. <laughs> the money doesn't hurt. Especially when you're in like 15 leagues like myself, you got to, you know, kind of stay on top of all these things as much as you can. Pay those dues, and yeah, once uh, December rolls around, hopefully, uh, you know, you're getting plenty back. Yep. All right, so now we start looking. Uh, people, our listeners are – uh, buckling in they they probably have already their draft position designated and the date is there if they're going to do a live draft and they're looking at numbers and they're looking at rankings right now and and Jonathan Taylor looks to be on most all boards just the number one consensus across the board but then then it gets a little shaky there I think for a lot of uh, fantasy football players Christian Yelich and Eckler and Henry and uh, first non-RB, uh, Cooper Cup is there. And probably if he stays in Green Bay, it probably should have been Devontae right there. But what do you see after Jonathan Taylor, just for our listeners that have maybe the two, three, four, five selection? You know, honestly, I think Christian McCaffrey has every bit as good of a case as the 101 in full PPR leagues. Now, if it's half or standard where we're not rewarding the entire point per reception, yeah, I think it's tough to disagree with Jonathan Taylor. But, you know, McCaffrey, this guy has averaged the most fantasy points per game in NFL history for a reason. He's one of the only running backs, really the only running back we've ever seen, with the potential to catch over 100 passes in a single year. So, yes, he has been hurt over the past two seasons, but we are playing for 2022. And there's a reason why with these projection systems that Christian McCaffrey continues to pop off as the number one if he doesn't get hurt. So that's one of the things, man, where everyone just says, oh, you know, he'll get hurt. I don't know. This is a 25-year-old coming off basically a sprained ankle last season. I'm not so sure. I'm just going to assume that McCaffrey isn't going to be able to play a lot of games. It's not like Jonathan Taylor's injury risk is 0% uh, in his own right. So, you know, in my opinion, you got to kind of take after Ricky, like Ricky Bobby once said, you know, first or last. And I do think McCaffrey does give us the highest overall ceiling to get there. So, hey, if he falls to you a two or three, 
be there to scoop him up because, you know, as we'll see on Twitter, I, it always cracks me up with the McCaffrey or the Derrick Henry people saying, you know, I'm never drafting him. I'm going to just completely fade him. I, I really think, you know, even if you're not feeling too good about McCaffrey versus Jonathan Taylor, go, again, go ahead and take Taylor, but you're not going to make it more than a few more picks before he's looking like the best available player. But there really is a nice tier of those workhorse running backs at the top. Jonathan Taylor, Christian McCaffrey, Austin Eckler, even though he's not quite a 300 carry guy, Again, when we get all these receptions just really adding up to more fantasy points, it's not that big of a deal. And how about Derrick Henry? The guy last year before he got injured was averaging the most fantasy points per game in the NFL. He is getting a little bit older, but at the end of the day, if he does make it through an entire season, not too many other guys are going to exactly be reaching his touch threshold. The one guy I'll be really interested to see if he does start sneaking into the first round is Saquon Barkley, another guy that is still awfully young, and he has disappointed managers over the past two seasons. But you look at that giant depth chart, and the only other running back that can maybe see touches is Matt Breida. So Saquon, another guy that we've seen catch over 90 balls in the season before. He's a guy that you can get in the second round, though, that really has the work round, uh, I'm sorry, the workload of a guy we're getting in the first round. Yeah, and this is Sam Schmitz, and kind of talking about a running back and really a wide receiver who was kind of in that first tier that you mentioned a couple of years ago, and Alvin Kamara and his teammate Michael Thomas. I mean, it looks like Alvin Kamara probably won't be suspended for this year, but where do you feel comfortable drafting Kamara and his teammate Michael Thomas this year too? Well, Kamara, I saw the Schefter note today that it does seem more and more likely that suspension coming 2023, if at all, you know, we'll see how that situation plays out. And in that case, I think you can confidently take him in the back half of the first round. I think the top six, seven running backs, and I mentioned a few of them before, we can throw Najee Harris in there, Dalvin Cook in there, and I think Alvin Kamara is right there in that top tier. I don't think we're going to see the same, you know, guaranteed 80-plus receptions with a bit more of a gunslinger under center in Jameis Winston compared to, you know, late career version of Drew Brees. But even last year with Jameis, they were more content than ever to give Kamara at least 20 rush attempts per game. So just in terms of raw workload, like not even talking about, obviously, just all the greatness that uh, Kamara can bring in terms of breaking tackles and things like that, certainly viable at the end of the first. Michael Thomas is the interesting one because – all of the uncertainty we've had regarding his injury and the recovery and getting back there on the field has caused him to be going really round six and seven in a lot of the offseason drafts I've been doing. I'm more and more confidently taking him in round five as he continues to fly up the ranks. Every single report we've gotten from practice, from training camp, has been glowing. It looks like he is finally all the way back from that ankle injury. And once we get him back, we're still talking about one of the best receivers in the league. I know a lot of people you know, weren't ready to kind of anoint him over guys like Julio Jones and you know Devontae Adams the elites of the elite and that's fine I'm not saying he was or is the best receiver in the league but some of this stuff the slander he gets about slant boy this and slant boy that like if it's so easy if everyone knows what he's going to run how come they don't stop it like I never hear people saying that you know Steph Curry needs to be shooting less threes out there because he's doing the same thing over and over again so I do think that maybe cut Michael Thomas a little bit of slack because Drew Brees, Hall of Famer, we all get that. And also, I think 40-year-old Drew Brees didn't have the strongest arm. Teddy Bridgewater was his other quarterback. And, oh, we had whatever you know we're going to call Taysom Hill out there also throwing him the football. So I think you could actually argue that Jameis Winston could maybe actually open up a different part of Michael Thomas's game we haven't seen. They have Chris Olave and Jarvis Landry out there, so doesn't need to completely be the 200-target Michael Thomas show. But there's a chance the same passing attack surprises some people. Yeah, a lot of lot of fantasy football players, Ian, they, they will go a, a lot off the rankings, and, and, and it's just a reference tool, I think, a lot. You'll see differing uh, boards, if you will, 
from guys like you and, and others around the nation. But, you know, part of this is predicting when a guy is peaked out. For example, I'm, I'm seeing, I, in my estimation, just rank too damn high. A guy like Leonard Fournette, there's, there's just, I'm seeing five to probably nine additional players that I believe should be ranked uh, above him. One of which is Devonte Adams. And, and you made mention of him in your, in your last response. What, how do we look at Devonte? I'm seeing him a late first round, early second in most of the mock drafts I'm looking at here. Where do you see Devonte Adams? And, and if it, there is a let down sort of year, how much of a letdown is this? Is the pick still safe? I have Devontae as my overall wide receiver six, so that is about where I have him ranked overall, kind of on that borderline of the first round. The only guy, yeah, that because I'm, I'm assuming you got guys like Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, and obviously Cooper, Cooper Cup, and guys and like Ste- that, right? Yeah, and then Stephon Diggs and Ceedee Lamb, just because mm-hmm. they have that continuity. That unfortunately, we're taking a little bit of a leap of faith with Devontae Adams. I think Derek Carr is a lot better than he kind of gets credit for around the league. Again, not saying he's top five or top ten, but still a very good quarterback in his own right. Who, let's face it, really these last two seasons hasn't had many weapons to get the ball to obviously the Henry Ruggs situation Brian Edwards kind of disappointed Hunter Renfro is a fantastic player and Darren Waller is good but to actually put Devontae Adams in there wouldn't be surprised if we see the best version of Derek Carr yet just another one of those situations him and Tyreek Hill when he paid that much money for these guys I do think that we're going to see you know some sort of effort to really force feed them the ball so Devontae again my highest ranked wide receiver that basically isn't switching QBs and that brought us back to kind of our original, um, the way you kind of kicked off this call, just talking about all the player movement. I went through the uh, top 24 wide receivers just in terms of ADP a couple weeks ago, and I believe only 11 of them are catching passes from the same quarterback as last season. Now, hmm. obviously, a lot of situations like Corlin Sutton, Jerry Judy, we are thrilled that they are now catching passes from Russell Wilson instead of Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater. Still, though, it is one of those things where we spend all this time in the offseason talking about rookies and then trades and then free agent you know, movement when at the end of the day, the guys like CeeDee Lamb and Stephon Diggs who are just kind of getting better at the same place they've been playing at for a few years, those are the guys that I think should win out in these sort of close calls. And we just talked about some of the wide receiver ones, but for me, Ian, like when I'm filling out my flex spot and the rest of my bench here, there are a couple wide receivers that I really want to make sure I get in this year's draft, whether it be like Allen Robinson, Hunter Renfro, Darnell Mooney, guys like that. Are there kind of like wide receiver twos or wide receiver threes on a normal depth chart that you think could be in store for a big season, kind of like Chris Godwin a couple years ago? Historically, over the last uh, 10 years, we've seen an average of 4.3 teams have two top 24 wide receivers. So situations like Keenan Allen and Mike Williams, Stephon Diggs, and maybe Gabriel Davis, maybe Tyree Cohen, Jalen Waddle, depending on how Tua uh, is going to stand up in his third year. There is a lot of opportunity, I think, for one team to enable multiple guys. But going off the Goblin example, we've seen this kind of third-year wide receiver breakout over the past three seasons with guys like Goblin, Calvin Ridley, even Deontay Johnson last year, where I think there was a mixture of guys with really great underlying metrics and then a good amount of players left their offense to give them that target and that volume boost that they needed. I think Michael Pittman with the Colts kind of stands to be this year's potential third-year breakout. Now, he's pretty expensive, kind of going already in round three or four in a lot of these drafts. Most people's top 12, if not top 15, 
wide receiver out there. But in that Colts offense, again, Matt Ryan uh, upgrading from Carson Wentz. Can't say enough good things about that. And low-key, just not having T.Y. Hilton there on a team that obviously he did so many great things for. We're seeing Michael Pittman and other two wide receivers in that Colts offense, rookie Alec Pierce and Paris Campbell, who is healthy for right now. So Pittman, when you have that combination of a really good player, I mean, the thing's getting over 1,000 yards last year. I know 17 games, but, you know, watch the film, that Ravens game, the 49ers game, guys doing all sorts of good things out there, getting the quarterback upgrade and having the opportunity to have 150-plus targets. A lot of things going right for Michael Pittman and Indy. I have a sneaking suspicion that uh, we're, we're all three of us, uh, Ian uh, Harditz, uh, Pro Football Focus, uh, Fantasy, uh, as well as Sam Schmitz and myself, uh, I have a feeling we're going to be really, really tempted, and should we be, with the Philadelphia Eagles offense. I, I just look at that and I say, wow, that has boom or bust written all over it. In terms of fantasy, I'm not saying they're, they're a bad football team. <laughs> But I'm just saying, boom or bust in fantasy, you could be one of those guys that say, why didn't I grab A.J. Brown when I – your thoughts on the Philadelphia Eagles, because I'm perplexed by that offense. I think they're similar to the 49ers in a way. The Eagles have a better overall offensive line, and Hurts has had more reps than Trey Lance. You know, Shanahan is a little bit different play caller, so it's not a one-for-one. One, but we have this offense that has the dual-threat quarterback that should be just putting up bonkers numbers if they can just stay healthy. Just historically, quarterbacks that run the, much, run the ball as much as Jalen Hurts and as much as we expect Trey Lance to have a very hard time busting in fantasy football. It's the same reason why pass-catching running backs are so good. When you have players with legit two different means of production compared to other ones at the position that only have one way of accruing points, they just you know, end up being the closest thing that we have to cheat codes. So if we get the you know, 2019 Lamar Jackson MVP-esque performance out of Jalen and Lance, okay, I think the wide receivers and tight ends around them will be, be okay. There is a chance, though, that we see these teams be very good, but also be run heavy. And really, we see the dual-threat quarterback distribute the ball pretty evenly, and I think we could be disappointed in fantasy land. A.J. Brown, obviously incredible. You can look at any efficiency metric you want from the start of this guy's career, and it's going to tell you he's a top-five wide receiver. With that said, Devontae Smith, probably the best running mate he's ever had. Now in an offense that we're not necessarily expecting a bunch of targets, he's going to need to be one of the best wide receivers in the league in order to make up for potentially having you know, 30, 40 targets less than guys being drafted around him. Same potential issue with Dallas Goddard, Devontae Smith, even Miles Sanders in his backfield. I know Sanders um, isn't getting a lot of love these days. The dude averaged five and a half yards per carry last season, and we have other advanced metrics to judge running backs off of. I understand yards per carry isn't the be-all, end-all there, but there's a chance in the backfield that guys like Boston Scott, Kenneth Gamewar are even eating into that. So ultimately, in San Francisco, in Philly, the two guys I've consistently been trying to get are Trey Lance and Jalen Hurst because, to your point, everything else around them, really they could all be victims of volume, unfortunately. Going back into the running backs, Ian, I mean, there's there's two running back committees that really leave me kind of scratch my head and where, where I should take these guys and what I should do with their handcuffs and stuff like that. And I know a lot of our listeners here, they're Packers fans, and Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon, to me, is just such an interesting – uh, concept and what to do with them this year because I think with the young wide receivers, Aaron Jones probably gets a lot more passing receptions and all that, but what do you do with Aaron Jones? Where do you take him and A.J. Dillon too? And then on top of that, in the AFC West, I mean, I was excited for Javante Williams to have a breakout season, and then sure enough, Melvin Gordon ends up coming back. I mean, what are you, what are you doing with those two running back committees? 
Yeah, first with Green Bay, I just want them both because as much as we're looking at Aaron Jones and we're taking him as a top 10 running back because he's just the top playmaker in this Packers offense right now. And just we've seen over the years in these games, Devontae Adams has missed. I know the popular stat is the Packers are – 7-0 and or 8-0 and in those games, but once you start looking at the actual targets going around, it was Aaron Jones being the one really standing out. And Look, there's there's some running backs, like, they're just catching kind of swings, and, you know, but then there's another kind of dimension of these just really talented receivers, and I firmly believe Aaron Jones is in that McCaffrey-Eckler stratosphere of being one of the best receiving running backs in the league. I mean, that Sunday night football game against the Chiefs a few years ago, he set the next-gen stats record for most receiving yards lined up as a true receiver. So this is one of the rare offenses where I think we could see a lot of two running back formations. Get Aaron Jones in the slot, get him out wide, and let A.J. Dillon do what he was putting this earth to do, and that is run over anyone in his path. So A.J. Dillon, to me, I'm just drafting him ahead of guys like Josh Jacobs, Antonio Gibson, Damian Harris, all those guys in that kind of muddled RB2, RB3 range who, honestly, because they're stuck in three running back committees, I don't think their floor is that much higher than A.J. Dillon to begin with. And God forbid something does happen to Aaron Jones, all of a sudden Dillon's going to be a top five running back on a weekly basis. So in on both of them, I believe Dillon's my RB21, Jones my RB8 or 9. In terms of Denver, I think uh, Javante still has a path to killing it, but honestly – don't be afraid to take the keeper, cheaper guy. Both of both Melvin and Javante basically used 50-50 last season. I do expect it to shift a little more in Javante's favor, maybe more, maybe something more like 60-40, 65-35. Either way, though, similar to what I just said about Jones and Dylan, Melvin Gordon at worst is just someone that you can really have a ton of confidence in as an every-down handcuff. God forbid something happens to Javante Williams. And I think he actually is one of these – few random RB2s that could have some standalone value in the meantime. So Melvin Gordon, Daryl Henderson, who's going even later, even Michael Carter with the Jets. These are some of these RB2s that you can get really late in drafts. No, you're not going to be thrilled about starting in week one, but only one injury away from truly having someone that's, you know, going to be featured at the top of every single waiver wire article should that happen. All right. So who is the uh, first quarterback taken? Is it, is it a, I'm looking at most of these lists are it's Josh Allen yeah, everywhere. pretty much Josh Allen. Yeah. Across the board. Is he, is he the first one off the board? And then after that, I mean, there are some, you know, great, great talented quarterbacks here. Uh, how long do you wait? Is it a handful? Is it four or five? And then you wait on a quarterback and just grab who you can later, or do you want to make sure you get one of those five guys? Josh Allen's a little rich for me going in round three, just because again, I, and rankings are helpful. I think going off more of a tier, base rankings is great because you see situations like this where I think everyone has Josh Allen ranked as their QB one, but someone like Kyler Murray, I think has a similar, you know, best case outcome. Someone that can actually throw for 4,500 yards and rush for 750 yards and the same reason, but Kyler's going in round six and Josh is going in round three. So I found myself in that round five, six range, really being willing to get one of those top five guys. If Herbert falls, Mahomes falls, that's fine. Kyler, Jalen Hurts, put him in there. Um, I just think all these guys really in rounds five or six, much better values than what you're getting with Josh Allen there. So, And the other thing about getting those guys in rounds five or six, that's really the spot in the draft where there's running backs like Josh Jacobs, Antonio Gibson, the muddled wide receiver twos, even wide receiver threes, depending on how fast they're flying off the board. You're picking the elite quarterbacks against other positional players that have a lot more questions. So I'm very willing to take one in round five or six. If not, don't be afraid, particularly in just your traditional one-quarterback league. You can wait a long time because guys like Matthew Stafford, Kirk Cousins, Derek Carr, even Justin Fields, I mean, once you start getting around, you know, 13, 14 or so, and just whoever falls to you, 
you're not going to be at that big of a disadvantage. And most people only need one quarterback in these leagues. So that would be my that would be my other advice. You know, in a typical redraft league, one quarterback, one tight end. And hey, if you're drafting now. Don't draft a defense or kicker if you don't have to. You can pick a handcuff running back. Hopefully, not hopefully, I never wish an injury on anyone, but you could be a lot better off having a backup running back with a chance to rise between now and week one compared to a kicker or defense that you know you can just pick up right before the season starts. We are talking to Ian Hartz of Pro Football Focus. My last one for you here, Ian. How early is, is too early to take Travis Kelsey? I love Darren Waller. I love Mark Andrews and guys like that this year. But to me, Travis Kelsey is just such a weapon year in and year out. And on, on top of that, you have Tyree Kill departing from Kansas City. I mean, I'm kind of tempted when it comes back to me in like the second round, kind of tempted to take Travis Kelsey right there. How early is it too early to take him this year? I think around that kind of round one turn is about the right spot. So I think you're on, I think you're on, the, on the right path here. T- top 14, top 15 players, I think it's pretty fair for Kelsey. For me, it's like once Diggs and CeeDee Lamb go, the top five, you can, throw, you can take Devontae Adams over him too. Top six wide receivers are gone. And those top six or seven running backs, like that's when we start having questions. We get into the Fournettes and Barkleys and the Aaron Joneses instead of, you know, Najee Harris and Dalvin Cook and guys that we just went way more confident in their overall volume. So with Kelsey, him and Mark Andrews, just in terms of their projected targets, really playing almost a different position than these other tight ends. So he is getting a little bit older, but my goodness, you take Tyreek out of that offense. I mean, it's not impossible for Kelsey to have a target total starting with a two by the time this season is over in that offense. So getting Mahomes is number one. If not, though, it is wild just how cheap Aaron Rodgers and Patrick Mahomes' wide receivers are. So I know Alan Lazard and Juju Smith-Schuster getting some nice bumps up, but guys like Marquez, Baldwin, Scantling, Sky Moore, um, even Romeo Dobbs, you know, everyone's training camp MVP these days, had a nice touchdown in the preseason. Uh, good values in these offenses because obviously in rounds one, you know, two, three early on, we're looking for great players and great offenses with great volume, but those players get picked early for a reason. So once you get into the later rounds of drafts, even if you got to unfortunately not feel quite as good about one of those checkboxes, anytime you can get exposure to an offense led by someone like Mahomes and Rogers, usually a good thing for the old fancy box score. Ian, uh, one of my favorite times of the year here. You got a Brewers pennant race. You got the Packers football on the horizon, and of course, our conversation fantasy football. Oh, plenty, and I, uh, I enjoy our conversations over the years, and we'll we'll definitely talk again. All right, absolutely appreciate you guys. Yeah, there he is, Ian Harditz, pro football focus, uh, fantasy football analyst, and he joined us here on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline. If applying for a home renovation loan has you feeling anxious, breathe, and let Great Midwest Bank help you experience a state of bankability. Get started at greatmidwestbank.com today. Say it ain't so, Joe. That's a clue for draft mockery. It's next, the afternoon show, 1250 AM, The Fan. Come on now and try to understand the way this popcorn feels in my hand. Take a scoop and put it in your mouth and eat some now. Yes, eat some now. Yes, eat some now. Wow, 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 wow. Go! You have some nights, gourmet popcorn. Try that night, 
gourmet popcorn, cherry sweet corn, or Milwaukee mix. You gotta have Nat's gourmet popcorn. Yeah. 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 And welcome back. You know what time it is. Draft mockery time on the afternoon show here on The Fan. Tim oh, yeah. Allen, Sam Schmitz, and uh, that's that's Bart Winkler, the singing sensation. Oh, yeah. Brought to you by Night's Gourmet Popcorn, Sam. Providing you with the freshest gourmet popcorn in Milwaukee since 1952. Make sure to mention 1250 AM The Fan for 20% off when you visit Night's Gourmet Popcorn. Tim, a quick recap of Friday's draft and the standings before we get into today's topic and guest. On Friday, we did part two of our movie character cage match. It was myself, Scott Grotsky, and the one and only Notebook Mike who joined us on Friday. I ended up winning the draft uh, with 52% of the vote. Oh. Scott Grotsky finished in second place with 34%. On, Mike. Notebook Mike finished in third place with 14%. He is now 2-2 two and two in draft mockery. Still did better, though, than Tim Shea, who one time, people forget... Finished with 2% in a Night's Gourmet Popcorn Draft Mockery. Anyways, the standings now are in Season 3 of Draft Mockery. I'm up to 12.5 wins. In second place, Toby Altizer with 7. Kevin Holden is ahead of you, Tim Allen, by half a game. Kevin has 4.5. Tim, you have 4 in 4th place. Tim Shea and Bart Winkler are tied for 5th place with 3 each. Stephanie Sutton in 6th place with 2. And then Evan Heffelfinger, Adam Roberts, and Scott Grotsky in last place with 1 each. Well, uh, today's uh, selection and draft is going to be more than just the average Joe. Oh, yeah. So famous Joes in the world of sports. First name, Joe. I guess you could go with a last name if you find one. You want to you go with that on your draft? That's fine, too. But the best Joes you can find in the world of sports, and we have Evan Heffelfinger. Is that who we have with us? That is who we have with us today. Evan, how are you? I'm sorry, Sam. Did you say a half a win? Yeah, we had a tie. Literally, we had a tie in uh, one draft mockery. We did um, traits in a woman that Tim Shea should date. And Kevin Holden and I, we both tied with 41%, dead even. Uh, so we know that what is... Tim Shea wants in a woman better than he does. Yeah, that's perfect. Tim Shea came in last in the own draft mockery about what he wants in a woman. <laughs> but yeah, yeah I mean, exactly. We, we literally had our first tie of draft mockery. So we did a half a game. Is that all right? Yeah, no, right. that's great. That's that's if ever there was a one to have a tie on, it's that one. Right. All right. So fair enough. All right. As uh, Tim mentioned, and once again, Evan, welcome to Night's Gourmet Popcorn Draft Mockery. Um, today okay. we'll be drafting the greatest athletes named Joe. So probably be, I assume, a series of drafts that we'll be doing. But the draft order for today, uh, I did not pick this. This is just based on Friday. I will have the first pick. Evan, you will have the second pick, and Tim, you will go third. Okay. Wow. I'm going to have to do this from the three-hole. Okay. Uh, what What do you have, Sam? What I have um, is I feel like I could make a pretty good draft board of the rest of the guys, but I'm going to pander right off the bat, and I want to make sure I get this guy on my team. And that guy is former Badger lineman and uh, just an amazing left tackle, soon-to-be Hall of Famer. Give me Joe Thomas. Yeah, that's a nice pick. Okay. I mean, there's there's better, but... Oh, I know, I know, I know, can... but I wasn't yeah. sure if you guys were going to sneak that one in, so I just want to make sure. I feel like I can, you know, still have a good draft, so I want to sure. make sure I got that in right away. That's his, that's his strategy. Yeah. Evan, who's your first Joe? It's really a compliment to you that's, guys, if anything. That's a, it's a great pick. 
Uh, I'm going to go with a guy who he wouldn't be able to go into most stores right now because he wasn't wearing shoes. I'll go Shoeless Joe Jackson. Well, that's Shoeless a good Joe one. Jackson. All that right. a good one. He's on my board here, so you, you snaked one that potentially could have been mine. Um, you just love this guy. Just his little bravado that he's got going. He's a ladies' man. He just uh, all the bling. He was the first real quarterback in the NFL to just play it up and styling, and that is Joe Namath. Interesting. Broadway Joe. Interesting. Yep. I thought you were going to go with a different Joe that plays quarterback in the NFL. And this I wanted him, NFL. but I went with Namath. Fair enough. I will uh, go with the other Joe that you were mentioning beforehand. Give me Joey Ice, Joe Burrow, for my second pick. Evan. Whoa. Okay, so I guess I kind of just lucked into a third Joe quarterback. Yeah, you did. Uh, you potentially totally the greatest quarterback it. of all time. Uh, Joe Montana? Yeah, arguably the best quarterback to play the game. Yeah, you're right. That uh, th- You did luck into that. Yep, um, that was an idiot move by me. I, I'm going to be honest, I don't have a board today, so I'm just come out kind of doing this on the fly. Yeah, we are doing it on the Well, I do it like that every, every time I know. I'm, I'm doing this. Um, I'm going to go with Joe DiMaggio. Maryland's husband. That's a good pick. That was who I was going to take, and then I got <laughs> Joe. Yeah. Okay. And I got Joe too. I got uh for my back to me for my third pick. Hey kid, catch. Give me mean Joe Green. <laughs> Nicely done. I didn't even think of him. Evan, uh your very good pick. Your third. Um, I'm gonna go with Ooh, that's tough. Ooh, uh I think potentially one of the better catchers of the last Ooh. 100 years maybe even uh, give me joe mauer good one good one mm-hmm. i was like just about to take him all right tim your third joe third joe thinking maybe joe boo <laughs> <laughs> i don't know if everyone would get that so instead and this there's one joe that would automatically lose me this dr- draft and he's a broadcaster. It's okay. He's not in radio anymore. Mm-mm-mm. Could go with a one, one second baseman that was stellar for the big red machine. Um, but instead, I will go with Joe Torrey. Oh, okay. How about that, Joe Torrey. All right. I'm going to get crushed in this draft. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Evan, you've been kind of struggling, though, draft mockery, so you kind of need a win. Yeah, I haven't gotten a win in months, so I'm ready. You only have one in season three. How is that po- I used to, like, fear you in draft mockery. I, You know, I think the deck is stacked against me right now. I'm calling collusion. I'm calling bots. I'll, I'll do whatever I need to. Interesting. All right. Oh, man, I'm going to be honest. I'm not really sure where to go here. Um Let's see. I think I can't really think of another one, but I don't want to take the guy that you were just talking about. Um, I just gave you a f- few clues. I know, but I don't. Do I? I feel like I'm gonna lose if I take him though. I, I, went, I just went to a Reds game and people were booing him nonstop, and I can't really think of another <laughs> one. Do I just do I just go with uh, Joe Mixon? Like 
Joe Burrow's teammate just because I can't really think of one. I don't want to pull. A, you could. I don't really want to pull a Minnesota Vikings and have to forfeit my pick. Um, no, I, I think you probably should. I think that might win you the draft. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like Evans winning this one no matter what. Um, I guess I'll just go with Joe Mixon for my last one. Yeah. Wow. There are so many Joes that are still available that I can I know. think of. I can't. For. Who, throw them out yeah, there. Then. I mean, there's only a couple picks left. I'll give you left. some that I'm, I'm not going to pick. Uh, an elite quarterback like Joe Flacco. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, there are a few boxers over the years with the name Joe. Joe. Yeah. Um, Joe Cap, another quarterback. Yeah. Uh, one of the greatest busts of all time, Joey Harrington. <laughs> uh, you could go with one of the more underrated receivers in NFL history, Joey Galloway. That would have been a good one. Yeah. Um, but I'm going to go. You know, you're, you shouldn't you shouldn't have given him to me. A guy on the great red or the the red machine, also a former broadcaster. Oh. Give me Joe Morgan. Oh, yeah. And I'm just going to make this a complete nightmare and completely lose it. Such an idiot, Joe Buck. Yeah, there it is. Yep, Joe Buck. <laughs> oh, we're doing okay. All right. Wait, well, you weren't hinting at a radio yeah. show. No, I, I really wasn't. <laughs> you know, if I, if I can take Buck back, I'll go Joe Zenzola. <laughs> yeah, let's I do think, it. Let's see. I let's see if he's wait, got wait, some pull power wait, wait. online. Or does I, that does that ruin the integrity? Hey, that's in the world of sports. Joe Zenzola. I thought we were just doing athletes, but I, I, don't, know. I, I don't really care. I mean, I'm losing this one either way. I'm going to go radio <laughs> Joe Zenzola. So you're going, you're going Joe Zenzola. <laughs> yes, sir, I am. All right, quick recap of the teams. I can't believe I forgot about Joe Morgan. All right, my team, Joe Thomas. Set him. No, I was thinking, I was literally thinking about uh, Joey Votto, but that's oh. a Joey. Well, Joey would count. Joseph would have yeah. counted, too. Because yeah. Joey Votto from this past uh, other weekend series against the Reds is just, like, fresh in my mind. All right. Anyways, quick recap of the teams. My team, Joe Thomas, Joe Burrow, Joe Green, and Joe Mixon. That's pretty good. It's all right. I feel like Joe Mixon was just a very uh, terrible, terrible pick. Uh, Evan, your team, winning team, Shoeless Joe Jackson, Joe Montana, Joe Maurer, and Joe Morgan. Tim, your team. Not as good as I thought it was. I think your picks three and four, Evan. A uh, little, if you would have followed that up with one more solid three or four, it, it would have been a, a shoe in. But let's let's hear mine. Uh, your team, Joe. Wait, no. Who'd you have? You had Joe Montana. Joe Namath. Joe Namath. There we go. I accidentally wrote Joe Burrow again. That was my fault. Joe Namath, Joe DiMaggio, Joe Torrey, and Radio Joe Zanzola. <laughs> I don't know, man. Maybe, maybe I'll, That's I'll be come fun. from behind. Maybe. I, I don't know. I I'm, I'm feel like I'm going to get ripped on this one, but we shall see. Uh, I feel like I saved a little bit of face by taking Joe Thomas, so we'll see. Evan, yeah. appreciate the time as always. And, we'll see uh, you tonight, Evan. We've got uh, uh, postgame tonight and a Brewers victory mm-hmm. over the Dodgers, a 5-3 uh, to three win tonight. I love that we called Mike Brasso in the cleanup spot and uh, oh, yeah. that Keston here is not in the lineup against the lefty. Yeah. Oh, by the way, uh, Tim, I just saw a pop in my Twitter feed. Adam McCalvey did ask the question that you uh, wanted Craig Council to answer about the left-hander going against Pujols. Adam McCalvey even uh, added you in a video that he posted, so we'll have that for you after the break. All right, let's do that. We'll take a break here. Evan, we'll see you tonight for post game, and uh, it is the Fan Afternoon Show. And, yeah, analytical question posed from Adam McCalvey to Craig Council via me. 
Oh, boy. I, I wonder how that's going to work out. We'll do that next here. Love you, 1250, Evan. 12.50 a.m. I love you, Evan. I love you, too. Thank you, Tim. All right. Take care. More coming up next. Pickle in. Up next. <laughs> We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. T-Mobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.